Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. Here we go, talking buds, the Leaf Show back in the saddle. How you doing? I'm all right. Another uh, another week of Maple Leaf conversation. Another week of Maple Leafs hockey. Another week in the NHL. Another week of an 82 game season. Another week of the Florida Panthers winning hockey games as the Maple Leafs continue their pursuit. But. That team doesn't lose. They've won nine in a row. Well, I mean, they're pursuing the Bruins. They're not. The Leafs aren't pursuing the the Panthers here. You yeah. know, when you check the standings, actually, don't you think OT losses in the NHL are just like we kind of just don't ever think about it? But it's kind of like fucked. It is fucked. The Leafs are almost a 500 yes. hockey team. Yes, they've. And, and if you look at the Panthers, losses. they're 27 and 14. If you were just to look at wins and losses, yes. Like the Panthers' record, if you if you're going by the OT loss metric, you're right, is significantly more impressive. Yeah, and the Leafs are Leafs have two games in hand, and they're only six points back. Even the Bruins, look at the Bruins, twenty four, eight, and nine. I know. Yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of stupid. I do think uh, Florida is going to catch Boston. Like that, I think that is going to happen. Yeah, they, I was I was I was on five ninety, and some guy came on talking about how the Bruins. I mean, the Panthers are just top five in every category in the NHL, and just. Man, talk about a team that just flipped the old switch. Yes. And they have a Reinhardt just scoring out of his mind, too. They are clearly, they are quite clearly the, the class of the Eastern Conference. Like, I know the New York Rangers have a pretty good record as well, but in my opinion, they, they are the clear-cut best team in the Eastern Conference. I never thought I'd I'd rather play the Bruins in a, in a playoff series. Than the Florida Panthers. I, I don't think yeah. I'd ever think that or even imagine that but it's kind of when you watch the florida panthers play hockey that's kind of where my head is going yeah so last week we talked about willie's pending extension we talked it talked about it being at 11.25 which was the number reported at the time he ends up signing an eight-year extension at 11.5 million so a little bit more than what we thought Man, oh man, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about our take because we we basically gave that last week, our opinion of him signing for 11 plus million dollars. I, I'm going to be honest, I, I was taken aback at how many people were negative on this signing. There was a lot of people who were upset at him getting, because they basically conceded to all his, like what did William Nieder, William Nylander, excuse me, concede on? It was... He got eleven and a half million. He got eight years. He got a full no move all the way through, which is the only part of the deal I don't love. Is a full no move all the way through. But so I can see people's, I can see why people are are pissed about that. But I'm, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't really surprised. So I, I found myself kind of like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we thought was going to happen. 
I don't know, man. This is this is a tough conversation to to have because when we started this podcast, the, our whole first season was about the six point nine, how long it took him to sign, and it's kind of funny looking back on that. That he was heavily criticized, and it's funny looking back on that. Like what a, what a bargain contract that was, and at the end of the day. 11.5 it's hard to it's hard to like justify that it's a lot of money for one hockey player even though he's been fantastic he's on pace for an amazing season one of the best seasons in franchise history but i mean just we know the formula for this hockey team just hasn't worked it's just paying all these guys all this money just hasn't worked so i mean in that regard i kind of respect everybody's opinion on being negative it is too much money and it's but this is just the culture that again we can, we can talk about this till we're blue in the face this is just the conversation that this is the world we live in as Toronto Maple Leaf fans this is the cap world they've created around them and they just decided they wanted the guy and this was the price and they had to pay it and it's it, yeah it's not great i'd like to sign him for less but i mean it is what it is i, I don't really know it's it's done now so two things i want to i want to say on this first and foremost to everyone who's upset about, well, you're paying these guys before they've really won anything. Why is this guy getting this contract and all this money and a full no move, et cetera, et cetera, when, he, when they've only won one playoff round? And while I understand that and that's fair, that's just the way pro sports is going. That's the way this league is going. That's the way they're all going. The the players have all the leverage now. It is what it is. And like I said, I think MLSE values these three Guys, and I say three because I'm going to throw Marner in there too, which segues into my second point that I want to reiterate from last episode. Can I just give a PSA to all of you people? There's so many of you that are, I see going, well, you know, this this clearly means that they're going to squeeze Marner. No, they're not. No, they're not. These three guys... Brendan Shanahan, the Brendan Shanahan-led Toronto Maple Leafs are married to these three guys. They're good for business. They make the playoffs every year. They're three legitimate superstars, and they're not letting them go. It's not happening. So right now you have Matthews at 3.25, 13.25, excuse me. And imagine if Matthews was at 3.25. Holy shit. You've got Matthews at 13.25. You've got Nylander at 11.5. So Marner's coming in somewhere in the 12s. Like, that's, that's what's happening here. And they're going to do exactly what they did with Nylander, and they're going to concede and give him everything that he wants because that is the way this franchise operates. And then when it comes time to re-up with John Tavares, then, then the discussion is going to happen. Because if John Tavares comes in and says, I want anything above $7 because, again, I'm taking account of the overpay that these guys do, even though I don't think they should sign him at $7 million, if he comes in and says, I want anything above $7 million, then you just walk away, in my personal opinion. Love you, Johnny, but absolutely not. Well, I mean, he also doesn't have a leg to stand on. Like, and he's, he's, he's in his late 30s at that point. Well, no, someone, someone's going to hear you say that and go, he's a point-per-game player. And I, I like, don't yes, care. He is, he's, but he's yes, gonna he's, be, he's a senior citizen in terms of NHL, like, He's going to be 35 years yes. old. Like there's, I, I get that he still produces, but it's only going to decline and they're just going to have to play hardball with him. But Yeah, I just think like... The powers that be in this organization have decided that these three guys are 
It doesn't matter. Like, we're giving them everything they want. They put butts in seats. They make the playoffs every year. They sell jerseys. Even though you get a bunch of naysayers who dislike Nylander and Marner specifically, there's still a ton of people out there that love them. They're not moving on from these guys. It's not happening. So can we just stop with this? Well, they're going to squeeze Marner. They're going to deal Marner. No, they are not. Move on with your lives. It's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm also not going to fault the people who don't love the contract, though. Like, no, it I'm is, not faulting it, them. I'm it, just saying it's, it's not Nylander's like, can we drop fault. Drop the Marner thing. I know, drop the Marner thing. But just kind of going back to the original point of this conversation, it's just I, I can't all I can't blame the people who think this is a complete overpay because it is, and I I understand your frustration, and I get it. It sucks. It sucks what has happened here. It sucks how all these guys are making all the money that they do because we know it hasn't worked, but. At some point, we just kind of got to be like, it is what it is. Like, it just, they signed them. This is what it is. And now we got to look forward to how we can make this team better. And I don't know. It's done. Yeah, it is done. So let's all move on from it. He's here. Listen, anytime. One thing you can say about Willie. One thing he did did that Austin Matthews did not do is he signed the max term. And he's a guy that's homegrown by the organization. He very clearly loves being here. He loves being a Toronto Maple Leaf. And I love that about the guy. So... He's, as you said earlier, he's been excellent this year. So that's it. It's time to move on. And you and I are not, one thing we are not going to do for the rest of this season on the podcast, because we've got all off season and all next year to talk about it, is start banging the desk about, well, what are they going to do next year? They've got all these guys making, they've got three guys at uh, 11 million, even though Marner's not quite at 11, but what are they going to do? And it's like, I don't I can't I can't talk about that right now. Like I can't talk about how they're going to pep, pepper out the rest of the roster next. I can't do it. I just can't. It's, I mean, I'm emotionally I... drained from talking about how they're going to fit everyone else under the cap and what they're going to do for the rest of the roster. I can I I'm, I'm waving the white flag. I, I can't do it. I don't know if I believe. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, buddy. This is a long season and we're going to run out of things to talk about. I so guess. at some point this is coming up, especially when they hit a little bit of a skid. Yeah. As soon as they hit a skid, just, and everyone just starts we'll, we'll be back out. on here just crying. Everyone about just starts the, freaking out. They're no, paying these four guys too. Yeah. yeah, fast forward. Okay. They have no cap. You know what? You know what? We can, like, yeah, like let's clip that. Let's clip yeah, that. And then in future episodes, we can. I give it I give it three weeks. When they go on like a two, three game loser. Yeah, yeah. When they look awful and nobody's. And Martin Jones runs out of luck and. I don't say luck, but like they're just start getting bad. Like it's just gonna be. I think I think you're lying. So what did you think of the the Islander game? Because they had a great Western road trip and they beat up on the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks are one of the worst professional sports teams I've ever seen in my entire life. But as you pointed out when we were talking before we got on here, we can't sit here and say, well. They beat up on the crappy San Jose Sharks because all we do and the fan base does is is rant and rave about how they don't show up against bad teams. Yeah, that pissed me off. The the, the broadcast to start, nothing against any of those guys on the broadcast, but just how the narrative coming off was like, I wonder how they're going to play with this new strength of schedule when they were beating up some, some not-so-good teams. But yet, all year, we've been complaining about how they can't beat up bad teams. So it's, it is kind of annoying to just... This... My take about the Islander game and that road trip is so boring and and, requ- and doesn't have a lot of insight. It's just 
how an 82-game season goes. You're going to go on some great road trips. You're going to have some great homestands, and you're going to play some teams that I think the Leafs are a better team than the Islanders. You look at the Islanders, they don't have a lot of exciting hockey players. Barzell's supposed to be their best offensive player, and he's, he's not exactly an offensive dynamo. He doesn't have amazing numbers. So, I mean, I look at the Islanders, other than their goaltender who can show up and play very well, they're, they're better than that team. But you know, what, you know what that game was? It was an 82-game season. You're playing a team that is pretty good and you just you went to OT you got your point and you, you lost it is like it is what it is that's what that game was to me it, I didn't walk away from that game with any sort of take and it's sort of nothing this is just the grind of an 82 game season you're just gonna lose some games against some some decent hockey teams and one thing this team has done very well as I pointed out earlier is get that extra point yes so they got their extra point they're six points behind the Florida Panthers because when they lose hockey games, they get the extra point out of it. So thank God for the OT loss of the NHL because they got nine extra points from it. So two things on the Islander loss. You know, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to take a shot at my pal behind the bench who for some inexplicable reason starts Jake McCabe in overtime when you've got Morgan Riley sitting on the bench. One thing I will say about that is Morgan Riley got rocked in the neutral zone near the end of that game. So I don't know if he was just like was a little winded or I mean, I wasn't okay. keeping up with the updates. That'd be the only thing I could think okay, of. Let's that give maybe... Sheldon. Okay. Let's give Sheldon the benefit yeah. of the doubt then. All right. But when you have all the time in the <laughs> world in your own zone, three on three, and you're rifling a puck down the ice because you're just panicked with the puck and you 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 cause an icing and a defensive zone face off. Like that's a that's a fucking problem. Can we sit my dude Jake McCabe down? I like Jake McCabe. I like him a lot when he plays his role. Like him and Benoit have turned into a really good steady defensive pair together. Buddy. Buddy. You're a defensive defenseman who lays good hits and when you're on your game, you play sound positional hockey. You are not, how many times this year have you and I joked about seeing Jake McCabe jump up into the rush and we're yeah. like, what the hell is this guy doing? He tries to make a pass in overtime that he is nowhere near skilled enough to make and ices the puck and then boom, it's, it's in not the even back about, of the like, It's like, why are you even making, like skate with the puck a bit? You've all day. Marner's the, on the other side banging yeah. his stick saying, I'm right here, I'm right here. And he tries to feather this. Like, just keep it back there. Have the guys. I know like sometimes you're looking for that that break of a team on a change or whatever, but usually you don't get the breaks until one team gets a scoring chance. It doesn't work. And then you have a couple of guys blowing the zone and you can get that pass. Just like if anyone watched the Vancouver game against Pittsburgh, it's exactly what happened. But to me, like that is, that is the problem with this. And that's, that's what I've been saying all year with their defensive cores. They got a lot of great, like you can look at all their guys and you'd be like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good players, but Morgan Riley's not out there in that situation. Who else is going out there? Because he's the only somewhat elite guy they have. Everyone else is a great in terms of like offensive is a great ability. Third yeah. pair guy yeah. who can hit, who can do like nice things, but they, they just don't have a lot of skill back there. They, they they again, they're they're like dead last in the league in goals by defensemen. They just don't they have a lot of great fifth and sixth defensemen, but they other than Morgan Riley, they don't have a lot of help back there. So yeah. if you're not putting Riley out there, who the hell are you putting out there? I guess you could say Timothy Liljegrin. 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 So it's, it's you know, I that's the problem with their defense. They just, they don't have a second option. They got one option and a bunch of five, six options. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, 
you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Let's talk a little bit about the third line. Because Nicky Robertson... Is Sheldon has just decided he's seen enough of Nicky Robertson, even though he played pretty good at home against San Jose the other night when he came in for Noah Gregor. And you and I have been the Max Domi, residents of the Max Domi fan club. And we pointed out last week, like we're seeing, we're, you, you specifically pointed out last week, like you can understand why some people watch him at some nights and go, eh. Yeah, he's. He can he can he can blend into a hockey game. Like if you look at a guy, I texted you this last night. If you look at a guy like Noah Gregor, Noah Gregor is far more noticeable and like doing more, it seems, on a shift to shift basis every night than Max Domi is. That's because Noah Gregor has, even though he's a fourth line player, has elite speed. So when a guy can skate like that, he's noticeable because he could actually skate the pocket of his own net. He could actually, he's blowing by some defensemen. He obviously he could have some better finish, but I would argue lately Bobby McMahon is more noticeable. I think that fourth line's better than the third line. The yeah. third line doesn't really have an identity. No, it doesn't. And and that that will kind of lead into a, a conversation we're gonna have here in a little bit. But that that third line when when and Max sometimes like I, I love Max because he has the ability to get tough and he'll drop the gloves and I, I know there's some emotion in there, but. He can kind of get on the periphery as well. He's just on the periphery. He's not. He's he's a small guy. He can get muscled off the puck. So when he's not really kind of, I feel like he's got. He's a guy who's got to get like into the game. So if he's not like into the game, he's just he's a periphery guy. You don't really notice him. So I kind of get the the criticism because that line right now have really has no identity. And I you could argue that other than Yarn Croak, who's not a four, who can be a fourth line player, but is capable of better because he can actually put the puck in the net. He's, he's sound a, defensively. He's a Swiss army knife. You could argue that the fourth line is the third line right now. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. The thing is with the whole Nick Robertson thing, it's like, I don't know. It's so weird because Sheldon has clearly seen enough. So he's scratching him, but it's like, if you, if you're going to trade him, what does scratching him do? Like, I, I just, it seems like when they get closer and closer to the deadline here, if they're going to bring someone in to add to their defense core, who I don't think is going to be a top four guy, I think you're going to get another, like, Jake McCabe, Simone Benoit, 
type guy back there. So a depth piece. The consensus seems to be among certain fans that Robertson is the guy going the other way. But I, th- is that going to be enough? Like, what is his value? Like, what is he? And this is the problem with scratching him. It's like they've clearly decided he's he's better. He's good enough to play at the NHL level. He's better than an NHL AHL hockey player. But so what's the point of? I just don't understand what the point of having him is if you're going to sit him up in the press box because you just said that third line doesn't have an identity. Look at the personnel on that third line: Max Domi, Callie Arncroke, and Pontus. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess Shel- Sheldon Keefe just can't stand Nick Robertson, and honestly, like I don't, I don't necessarily blame him. He's kind of in that weird position where. He's an offensive guy who's not providing offense. So he's too small to really do anything else. He doesn't. He needs, he's a small hockey He's player. really small, and he really he doesn't process the game fast enough. Like, he gets the puck on his stick, and he it's almost like he... The game does not slow down for him. He's really like, where do I go? What do I do? What do I go? And he's you just see you see that with him a lot. Coming out of junior, he's a point producer. He had over 100 points in his last junior year. So that's kind of the hope. He's going to be an offensive guy. But if he's not providing offense, there's like there's nothing he's really doing out there. So I mean, I have my problems with Sheldon as well, but if you were gonna if you were gonna move off Nick Robertson, he should have done it three years ago. But that that's Brad wasn't here. Dubas didn't do that. And that's just kind of how it works sometimes. Right now, his value is nothing. And even if he does play, I don't think his value is anything either. So they kind of just, it's kind of just a prospect that hasn't really worked out who will probably leave this organization for nothing. And that's just, it just didn't work out. But when, when you're an offensive guy, you're not providing offense and you're small and you're, you don't really, like, you don't really do anything else. Yeah, he's an RFA next season. And then it's like, uh, then, like, I don't, what are you, you going to do with him? I don't know. I don't blame Sheldon. It's like the guy's just, really doing nothing. If he's not scoring, then he's doing nothing. But I just I just think what I've said this about the third line all year. What do you want them to do? Are they a checking line or do you want them to provide offense? Because the the current personnel on the third line is not going to provide offense. What we know about Max, Max can't do it on his own. Max needs someone to play with. When Max has someone to play with, he can be effective offensively. Max Domi needs to go back on the wing. Like to me, that would be they right now. That's not an option because they just don't have enough centermen, but in a perfect world, you would have a better Pontus. You have a better third line center and Max can move back to the Pontus was the guy who everyone was saying was going to be a potential camp replacement. Like Pontus was always positioned as he's a fourth line, David camp type role. So now you've got Domi, yarn croak and Pontus. And Pontus is not, I mean, he got a beautiful goal against the San Jose Sharks, but like Pontus is not an offensive hockey player. Yarncroke can bang in a puck here and there, but I wouldn't call him an offensive hockey player. The whole reason he's on that third line is to provide defense. And then you got Max, who, like I said earlier, needs somebody to play with. So I don't, I just don't understand what, like the reason why I'm kind of sitting here scratching my head about Robertson is like, at least if you've got Robertson out there, you're, you're making a choice like, okay, we want this line to provide offense. We've got two offensive guys in in Robertson and Domi, and we want them, like, we, we would love for this line to chip in with scoring a big goal for us here and there. But the second you change that personnel, and it's just like, okay, so what are they now? Are they checking line? Is that what this is? Is that what, like, they never play. So I guess me sitting here trying to understand their role is is 
futile because they don't play. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah, weird. I'm, I'm they got to get that figured out. I'm kind of contradicting myself from a couple weeks ago because we were just loving Domi. But honestly, like that third line is providing you nothing, even when they're on the ice. I don't so really blame. Honestly, I don't really blame. Domi, like I do, I don't blame, blame Domi either. It's yeah. just like clearly this guy cannot be a centerman on a third line that provides something great, shift in, shift out. Like right. they kind of just go out there and they don't really do anything. Right? They're not. They're not checking. They're not big. They're not disrupting anything. They're not scoring. So what are they really doing? I don't. I don't know. Okay, so that brings me to my next question. Uh, would you sign Corey Perry? Well, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Yep. So you want to revamp that third line and give it a bit of an identity. Um, listen, I don't really give a shit what this guy did in well, in Chicago, okay? I mean, I don't know what happened, but this is me talking as a selfish fan, okay? If something really bad happened, which how bad, like, getting your contract terminated is pretty... You don't really see that very well, often. Well, apparently the the uh, Pierre LeBron was on overdrive yesterday and said apparently the the union is going to file a grievance with yeah. the league over that. Well, because that's not really a like you said, there's not really a precedent you want to be setting where you can just terminate contracts and nobody knows what happened and whatever. But I mean, every we love football. Okay, we we we, we sit down every Sunday and watch Red Zone. We have all the games on. If I can sit and stomach watching Deshaun Watson play football, like, well, what he did was, like, yeah, like, I know. We exactly. don't know, like, so that's like again, like I, you said, I know, I know, but we like, have no idea what actually happened with this guy. He he did come out with a statement where he said he was going to seek treatment for um like alcohol and other issues, which like all all the power to him. Um, apparently he met with, with Gary Bettman at the at his request. He did not like there was no requirement for him to meet with with Gary, but he, he wanted to, to sit down and state his case. Yeah. And I just think like, obviously, because this is the national hockey league, you got to make the money work. But if this guy's willing to come in here at a league minimum deal and play a bottom. Well, he was making 4 million with, he signed a $4 million contract yeah. with the Blackhawks. That's kind of tough well, to eat. All of a sudden you're not making. Yeah. That. Well, you know what? You're, I know he's made enough money in his but career. Also, your circumstances worried. is such that like you're, there's a bit of a, like there's a bit of a red flag attached to you right okay, now. Okay, here's let's simplify this. Okay, let's just talk about Corey Perry, the hockey player. Okay, all okay, right. okay. I would move heaven and earth to get this guy in a Leaf uniform because we've seen what he's done to the Leafs in the playoffs the past several years. He's been to the cut. Like we know the type of player he is, and that's a player that we need on this hockey team, especially come playoff time. Is he going to? change them into a Stanley Cup winning hockey team? Probably not on his own. But in terms of bringing in a guy who plays a certain style, who can, who was actually having a pretty good offensive season before that whole thing happened. But just Corey Perry is a hockey player. I would do everything I can to make sure this guy is a Toronto Maple Leaf. And I put him right on the third line. You just, and, you just said you know, two minutes ago that that line doesn't have an identity. And I think bringing in a guy like that gives that line an identity. Yeah, let's make it a rat line. Yes. Like, you know, like let's get a rat in here. Like yes. I'm, I, I know this is such an old guy leave take because it's hard to ignore what happened or didn't happen. Hey, listen, man, I'm, I, I'm going full old guy leave take here. Like, 
Every year we talk about how they don't have guys who play playoff style hockey. Well, there's a guy who plays playoff style hockey sitting there right right now. And, and you tried like you tried the you tried the Ryan Reeves experiment. It didn't work. The guy can't play. No. And watching the fourth line now, it's actually laughable that yes. this guy was ever on that line yeah. because that fourth line looks way actually looks like a real hockey line. I know. With I him know. not on it. I know. So Yeah, it's like it is tricky, but if you bring the guy in, especially like we just talked about the Florida Panthers and a guy like Sam Bennett. and We're talking about just Corey Perry, the hockey player. Yes, here. yes. Not, this, and if you have an opportunity you not and you can him. make the money work, and there were, uh, before he signed with the Habs, he had expressed a desire to play for the Leafs, and Kyle Dubas did not want to sign him. So, I mean. I know, I know he's only won one cup early in his career, but just look at the resume, man. The guy was one of the best players in the if league for a long if time. you are going to beat the Florida Panthers in a playoff series, you are going to need different personnel than you have right now. Yeah. It's that It's Absolutely. that simple. It's that simple. Like you, and I don't know if every year the trade deadline proves that one guy does not make a difference, but... I don't know, man. It doesn't it, it doesn't hurt. And you don't really have to give up anything, any assets to get him. I mean, no. you have some cap space to work with off your robot island, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, I'm full old guy leave take here. I'm sure a lot of people are with me. I'm sure a lot of people are not with me, but me personally, this is this is a guy I want to add to my third line that is currently doing absolutely nothing. Yep. And a guy you want to add come playoff time. Yep. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the circumstances are, but just as a hockey fan, I would love to see it happen. I think I agree with uh, some of the discussion on the radio yesterday, which is whatever team he signs with is going to be a team that wants to go on a playoff run. Like, I think he went to Chicago and he took the money and he was going to be part of the mentor group yeah. there, but obviously it didn't work out. So I think whatever team signs him. And if you're him, you can't – I think him going in – with any team he's negotiating with and saying, I want to get paid this, is a really stupid move. I think if you just want to have, if you want to get your image cleaned up, you sign for... I don't think he's a league, like, I think league minimum is a bit of a slap in the face. If, hey, it's... listen, pal, if you're signing with a team, with a contender, and you want to get welcomed in the room, and you want to get that red flag that's attached you off, you shut up, and you sign league minimum, and you come in and you play hard, and you, and you just keep your head down and play hard. That's it. Like, that's it. All I know is this guy would be... There's a lot of old guys. A welcome addition to the bottom yeah, six who would do, if he can just, behave himself. Like, this guy becomes instantly popular. If he comes in, he starts being a rad, starts pissing people off. Like, he pissed us off. That's yes. I hated him. Yeah. Those two series against Tampa. He's the most Tampa. hateable guy. Oh, those and he two played for Montreal, too. Oh, yes. Those, yeah, they played him three years. I, I hated him. went to the cup final like three years in a row. He didn't win once. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, at the end of the day, he's only a, a third, fourth line guy. But why, why wouldn't you want to add a, a guy who's won... Two gold medals, a guy who's led the league in points, one of the best players in the league at one point, and now he's just developed himself into a, a role player. Like it's just, it makes all the sense in the world. So I mean, other than just the other circumstances that we know nothing about, I mean, I just I want to see it. Yep. How do you feel about them not playing Dennis Hill to be? It's I don't I don't know. At the end of the day, because the Samsonov is back, and they we are heading into a back to back weekend. Yeah. I so don't know, man. if if. If Ilya Samsonov goes in there on Sunday night and gets shelled by the Detroit Red Wings, Sheldon's going to have some splaining to do. So is Brad. Because you had this guy up here. You played, I understand, 
not wanting to ruin his development. I Listen, I get that, and I am also of the mindset that the longer these guys marinate in the minors, the better for them. So I understand. But you literally had him up here when they were playing the worst hockey team I've ever seen. You couldn't have put him in the net for that. And you know what? So what if he goes in and gets shellacked? The guy's playing with house money. If he goes in and gets shellacked, you go, you know what? He's a young kid. It's his first NHL game. He's here on an emergency circumstance because Samsonov's a gas can, and it is what it is. It's fine. But you just don't play him. He's gone now. Samsonov's back. And I just think they're taking a massive risk putting him in on Sunday. The Detroit Red Wings are not a bad hockey team. It's not like you're putting him in there against the San Jose Sharks. You're putting him in there against a divisional opponent where this guy could cost you points within the division. So I hope I hope you guys think that he's good to go. I hope you know what you're doing because to me this is a massive risk. And what if he does the whole, oh, we're going to play Martin Jones both nights. Martin Jones is no spring chicken. He's been playing pretty well. You're going to burn this guy out? This guy gets hurt. You are fucked. I said this two three Scott. Captain overthink behind the bench. I didn't. I didn't understand this situation at all from the start. I don't get why you couldn't just put Samson off on the bench for three weeks. Like, do, did he really need? Like, apparently this he needed. Convert, hold on, hold on. This, we, you know, you never know with like mental health and what's going on. So I understand getting uh, away from the arena and getting away from the team. So I will say that for him. I I I don't know if I do understand that because I, the the conversation about it is just. It, it's it makes no sense to me. It's just oh, he's been having a really good week. What has he been doing? Lifting been, weights? Yeah, like what is what has he been doing? Skating around at well, you know, your I, again, local Ted like he's skating around at Ted Reeve. Like what is what is he doing? Well, I, like, don't I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, all signs point that he's had a really good week and they're pretty happy with what they're seeing. What what are they seeing? I don't understand. What are they? What what did he do? I get mental health, but it's. I don't know, man. It's big boy, big boy hockey league. Like if you're not playing well, you got to just figure it out, man. I, I think I think it's a massive, massive risk to put him in there on Sunday night. You've got the Avalanche coming in on Saturday. That's the Avs or the Avs. That's going to be a hell of a hockey game. That's a real Saturday night hockey night in Canada opponent. And then you're coming back the very next night against divisional. Like there's no guarantee you're going out and getting two points against the Avalanche. So you're going to put him in there against the Red Wings. I don't know. They're gonna have to play him at some point. Like I just, I don't really. It's clear that they haven't given up. They don't want to spend assets to go and get another goalie, and I understand that because the goalie you're gonna bring in is just another Martin Jones. But I mean, we couldn't have given Hildeby a, a look against the fucking San Jose Sharks. Yeah, we couldn't have done that. I don't really see the point of going to get another goalie either. No, I don't. Eat, I don't. I, I don't really. I under... saw something on Twitter the other day. I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw something on Twitter, Twitter the other day that said Matt Murray is working his way back. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I don't know. So. We'll see. But, yeah, to me, that's a massive, massive risk. Massive. Yeah. I don't know. Their goaltending situation is just a very fluid, like, Wall's going to come back. What if Jones is playing well? Are you just going to give Wall the net back? Like, I, it, there's so many questions. Not to belabor marks. my like, point. Just... Not to belabor my point. But, like, you've, you've seen enough evidence now. Like, Martin Jones is solid. Like, yes, he lets in... 
the occasional. He's been really, really, really good. Yes, but he's solid. Like he's been way, way better than average. Yes, and you can tell that this team thrives when you've got a solid goaltender back there. So if if you throw Samsonov in there on Sunday again, not to belabor, but like, and he lets in a stinker five minutes into the game. Yeah, he's gonna have a clean first period. Yeah. He's got to have a dude. He's got to have a clean first like three shots on net. Yeah, yeah, he can't. And if you're the Red Wings, you're like, did you see the Columbus game a few weeks ago? You get over that blue line, you fire it at the net. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else you want to talk That's about? It's a very. It's it's such a their goaltending situation is very very puzzling, and I, I don't know where it's going. It's I don't know. At least, at least Joe. Like, here's the positive. At least Joe Wall came up. He played very well, so when he comes back, you 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 have a viable option to, and Jones is playing well. I guess that's not really the worst. It could be a lot worse. Samsonov could be their only goalie right now, and then at that point, they'd have to go get the Martin Jones that they already have. So basically, instead of trying to go get Dan Vladar, you already got Dan Vladar in the summer, he, and he's playing net for you that, right now. That's what I mean. I'm, so I, that, that's why I understand they, why they don't want to give up assets to go well, and I, get I don't, another I don't get guy it. who's yeah, just a, no a second Martin Jones. Like yeah. I understand that. Like I, I totally get that. And for, and for Hill to be to, to bring him up and not play him and kind of like quote unquote stun his development. At the end of the day, the NHL is what matters here. We don't care about this guy's still that's twenty two I mean. years like, old. If, if the like, guy goes in and gets shelled. So what? Like it's like he's 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 a kid. You literally no one will come away from that and go, oh, what a bust Dennis Hildeby is. Everyone will go, yeah, he's a kid. They called him up out of necessity and he's not ready yet. So send him back down. Like yeah. just at least get a look at him. I don't know. I think they just this is this this is Sheldon's aversion to playing young guys and getting out of his comfort zone. Like that's that's but why I he also, sends the same guys over the boards all the time. I also don't blame him for just. Like Jones is our best guy right now. He's playing really well. Let's right. just put him in. But I, when I don't you know. Play this guy back to back. If he gets hurt, you are capital letters fucked. If he gets hurt, so you're playing a dangerous game here, well, Sheldon. He, he, he can get hurt anytime. It's not like the back to back. He's just gonna get hurt because he's playing a back to oh, back. You never could, know. We saw with Joe Wall. He's playing the best game of his life, and he made the most. Routine he kind just of thing. wasn't he even jacked doing, up like, his ankle. Yeah, he did, he did the splits eighty times before he just barely did anything and just destroyed his ankle. So it's, I don't know, man. Anything could happen at any time. Anything else you want to talk about? No. No. What about the PK? The PK's twenty fourth in the league. That's fine. I, I don't. I don't. It is what it is. It is what it yeah. is, man. Like it's. It's, it's hard to battle back from like a bad start with the PK. Yeah. I, it's not, I'm not watching their games being like their PK is anemic. It's just, they got off to a bad start. It's kind of hard to just, it could be better. Yes. But I'm not sitting here saying it's the reason why they're losing hockey games. Just, I don't know. It felt like they got their clock clean in a face-off circle last night well, against well, the okay, Islanders. Let's, let's go back. 28-25. In Jake McCabe's fairness, Austin Matthews needs to win a, a face-off in overtime. He lost the one right off the bat, and then he lost the one in his own zone. And well, that's why. Also, I, McCabe just flat out getting beat to the net, even though Barzell can skate. It's just there's another mistake. But you you got to win those face-offs in, my, in overtime. In my in my imaginary world that I live in where Sheldon Keefe watches the Talking Buds Leaf show and gives one single iota about what we have to say. Every time he sticks Austin Matthews out there to start overtime and Matthews loses the face-off, I'm always waiting for him to look into the camera and go, hey, Rob, yeah, 
Here's David Camp. Should have had David you. Camp out there to win the draw, you big mouth. We're put Tavares out there. The guy's, yeah. guy's 60% on faceoffs. He's this year. fighting it right now, man. He he's in that mode in the season right now. He he looked slow. Also, they I texted you this during that that barn is not good vibes, no. man. No, when they, whenever they that. go in there, it's it's, it's fans, never good vibes. Islander in there. fans are so sad because they care so much about the Leafs, and we don't give a single shit about the New York Islanders, and they care so much. Every time the Leafs come into that barn, they're all fired up about it. They're they're running their mouths on Twitter. They're doing all kinds of stuff, and it's like we as Leaf fans, I spend. There's a no time of, thinking about the New York Islanders a boring ever. hockey team. Like I wish they had I wish I had their goalie. It'd be nice to put that guy in a leaf uniform, but it's the most I, exciting so, thing about them is that they had Star Wars night at the arena. Yeah. I, I don't mind their unis too. They got decent. Uh, yeah, unis. they're okay. They're yeah. okay. They're better than the old. They like, need to Navy go back ones. to the the th- I love the throwback logo with the 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 fisherman on it. Would you be excited for a Star Wars night at Scotiabank Arena? I'd put my Stormtrooper helmet on. Yeah. Fuck it. Would you go full, like, Mandalorian? I don't know. I'd Would do you dress anything. up as Grogu and go Probably to Star Chewbacca. Wars night? Yeah. Probably yeah. Chewie. Yeah. All I gotta do is take my shirt off. I'm already the guys, halfway there. I love the guys with the full Vader get up. All right, now we're, now we're yammering on about dressing up as Grogu, so let's get out of here. Uh, so we'll be back. Let's take a look at the schedule. So they've got... Avs, Red Wings, back-to-back. Then they do the Western trip. So they've got the Oilers, the Flames, and the Canucks. We'll probably be back Wednesday. Yeah, let's say we'll be back on Wednesday because we all, I always love talking uh, an Oiler game. And then they've got a home-and-home with the Jets. And as you pointed out last week, the Winnipeg Jets and the Leafs and Jets always have a yeah, great. Always. Great games. Great games. Great games. So pencil us in. We'll be back on Wednesday. If you want to. Catch us then. Hit that like and subscribe button below. If you want to continue on this journey with us for the rest of the season, hit that like and subscribe button below. We really appreciate all the new subs and all the engagement and comments we get. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Brother word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time.